Welcome to the Mid-City Church Sermon Cast. Right now, we're in a series called The Way of Evangelism, where we're talking about the story of the woman at the well and learning how we can share our faith in a life-giving way. Get ready, because the Sermon Cast begins now. Does the name Cindy Smock sound familiar to you? Cindy is a popular evangelical Christian preacher who mostly preaches in public uh, spaces at different colleges and universities around the country. Her main topics revolve around uh, modest stress, abstinence from alcohol, and avoiding premarital sex. You know who I'm talking about? Okay, maybe the name Cindy Smock doesn't sound familiar, but what about the name Sister Cindy? Does that ring a bell? In case you still don't know who I'm talking about, Sister Cindy is a bit of a celebrity because many of her sermons, uh, or at least tidbits of them, have gone viral on TikTok, uh, and some of them for like tens of millions of views on them. And honestly, the last time she came to LSU, the, the rumors are that there was about 150 students already gathered waiting for her just because she texted that she would be on campus. And so like this, she's, she really is a celebrity among college campuses right now because of TikTok. But don't let the numbers fool you. Just because she has gone viral and just because people show up early to see her does not necessarily mean that she is a good evangelist or that we are, um, that we're called to imitate her methods when we share our own faith. In fact, I would say far from it. See, Sister Cindy, she shares her faith by preaching some extreme sermons that tend to catch people's attention. But honestly, um, most people just watch her for the entertainment factor and not really in order to grow deeper in their faith. I mean, just listen to some of the comments that I found on the internet for, uh, from some students who have actually uh, listened to her um, preach in person. One student said this, college gets stressful at times. That's what the parade ground uh, is for, for clowns. Listen to what this other student had to say. I think Cindy's teachings are funny to listen to, but should never be taken to heart. A third student said this. It seems like she's saying the most controversial thing just to get a rise out of people. Now, if you haven't heard her preach before, I'm sure that you can at least imagine what her uh, her sermons are like based on what these college students have said about them, right? So I'm going to be honest with you. I've heard a lot about Sister Cindy from different college students, but I had never actually heard her preach before in person. So I decided to get on YouTube, like most people tend to do nowadays, and just watch some videos about her and watch her stuff, and and I started going down a rabbit hole. Now, honestly, I'm still trying to figure out the right words to describe what I saw because it was a lot, like a lot. But here's what I will say. For starters, I don't agree with a lot, maybe even most of what she had to say. But most importantly, I don't agree with her methods. See, after going down this rabbit hole of videos, I found one video that was a 30-minute documentary about Cindy, uh, Sister Cindy. It was about a 30-minute video. of It was about her and her husband and how they met and how their ministry began. And as she was describing her ministry, she said this. She said something that really struck me. She said, My method is to call students to repentance and faith in Jesus, right? So I agree with her there so far. And then she says, through a confrontational approach to evangelism. Through a confrontational approach to evangelism. And then she goes on to say later in that video that it's her job to get in people's face. Obviously with love, she says, but it's her job to get in people's face, to call out people's sin in order to help them become saved. 
Now, I just cringed the moment I heard her say those words. See, while I will not get into an argument about her theology, I will say that her methods would not be helpful. At least they wouldn't be helpful for me on my own spiritual journey. See, I don't like it when people scream their sermons or shame people into following God or even try to scare you into following Jesus. The idea of confrontational, uh, confrontational evangelism just makes me really uncomfortable. And look, if you live in Louisiana like I do, this method of confrontational evangelism, it, it isn't anything new to us, right? If you've ever gone to the French Quarter in New Orleans or attended Mardi, uh, a Mardi Gras parade or you've walked through Free Speech Alley at LSU, you've seen people holding signs telling you that you're going to go to hell unless you repent and turn from your evil ways. And it's probably, well, not probably, it's definitely not just in Louisiana, right? No matter where you live, we see examples of confrontational evangelism across the country in a variety of settings and locations. All of us, regardless of where we live, have at one point or another witnessed this type of evangelism or heard sto uh, horror stories about it. When I say the words confrontational evangelism, something comes to mind for all of us. Which, and I'm going to go off on a limb here, this is probably the reason why most of us, maybe most of you, are afraid to even use the word evangelism. We assume that evangelism is just is simply confrontational evangelism, that that is the only way to practice evangelism, right? And, uh, um, and we assume this because it's all we know. It's all we've ever been prone to. And because of that, we stay away from uh, just this idea of having to live out evangelism. And I've even met people who say, this church talks too much about evangelism. It makes me uncomfortable. I'm leaving, right? Now, if that's true for you, let me let you in on a little secret. There are many different ways to practice evangelism. There's many different ways to share your faith with others. It doesn't just have to be this usual confrontational evangelism method that we're used to seeing in public places. Evangelism is so much more than that. There are so many ways to practice evangelism. And to be honest, every book I've read, every lecture I've attended, every video I have watched on evangelism, they all tell you to focus on something different because that's how wide and how broad evangelism is and can be. And while people disagree a lot on what evangelism can look like, like I said, because there's so many different uh, ways to practice evangelism, there is one thing that everybody agrees on. I want you to listen to this quote from a book called The Logic of Evangelism by William Abraham. He says, developing a definition of evangelism and working out the details of a concept of evangelism are crucial for ministry. Let me read that one more time. Developing a definition of evangelism and working out the details of a concept of evangelism are crucial for ministry. See, I think William Abraham really hits the nail on the head here. Evangelism isn't about learning one way, a confrontational way, in order to share your faith with others. It's about finding a way that works for you and your context as we together continue to help bring about the diverse kingdom of God here on earth as it is in heaven. I want you to hear that again. Sharing your faith, practicing evangelism, is not about learning things that work for others. Sharing your faith, living out evangelism, has to happen by finding something that works for you and for your context. Let me explain. Here in Mid-City, one of the ways I've learned to practice evangelism or practice uh, sharing my faith with others has been by showing up at local businesses over and over and over and over and over again, trying to meet new people and make new friendships. 
And in so doing, I've gotten to know people and have journeyed with people through breakups and divorces and birthdays and death and even the celebration of new babies. It's been an awesome experience. Now, to be clear, I'm not just making friends with people in order to get them to come to the church. The people I've met, I genuinely care about them and I want the best for them. And I do hope that they'll come to church, and, uh, but ultimately, like, I really care about them as people. That's why I share my life with them, and I share experiences with them. And uh, like I said, I hope they join the church, but that's not the reason why I'm uh, there meeting people. But I've got to tell you, as much as I love this method that we have developed here at Mid-City Church, this method hasn't always been my go-to. When I was living in Chicago, most of the people at our church were uh, white-collar workers who worked in buildings with really nice corporate offices, and they were so busy that usually they would just have lunch in their, their lunchrooms, in their break rooms. So at least once a week, I would dress up a little nicer, and I would go have lunch with, with uh, church members in their offices, and we'd get lunch in their, their corporate office cafeteria, and I would meet some of their coworkers, and we would do life together, and, and slowly I started getting to meet people and uh, getting to, to journey the same way with other people up in, in Illinois. See, while these two methods are very different, they both uh, have, uh, they're both very different styles of evangelism. Um, they, they are both evangelism at the end of the day, right? See, the, 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 we have to find something that works for you and something that fits within your context. See, both examples, um, uh, the, both of these examples, they were, they were stuff that I felt comfortable doing and that made sense within that context. And ultimately, that's what I want for you when it comes to evangelism. I want you to find a method that works for you, one with which you feel comfortable sharing your faith in and that makes sense within your context. So let me give you one more example that may be a good starting point uh, as you begin to develop your own method of evangelism. Listen to this text from the Gospel of John, chapter 4. Then the woman left her water jar and went back to the city. She said to the people, Come and see a man who told me everything I have ever done. He cannot be the Messiah, can he? Now, I want you to pay attention to the method she uses here uh, for faith and evangelism, for sharing her faith and her method of evangelism. In verse 28, uh, it tells us that after she gets to know Jesus, right? We talked about this last week. First thing she does is she gets to know Jesus. She develops her own faith. But in verse 28, we're told that um, after she gets to know Jesus and asks him a bunch of questions, she goes back to the city and tells people about what Jesus has done in her life. Now, this is very crucial. See, she doesn't go to some random people to tell them about her faith uh, in order to convert them to, to come follow Jesus, right? She doesn't go to just uh, random people who she's never be uh, met before. She goes back to her own city, um, uh, back to like her uh, popular uh, hangout spot is what I imagine, and she begins to tell people that she knows about her faith, right? We're told she goes to her city and she tells people like, look, I just met a guy who's told me everything about my life and has made a difference, right? And the people she goes to, if you really think about it, because uh, we're, we're assuming this town wasn't uh, huge, that she goes and tells her neighbors, her friends, her family. She goes and tells the other women with which, with which she has gone to the well before to get water hundreds of times. She goes back and tells people who are close to her and that she trusts. And people who would uh, hear her story and say, you're right, there, there is some something different about you because of this guy named Jesus. See, I believe that if we want to get started on our own journey of evangelism, one of the easiest ways to begin is by going to those people who are closest to us. Those people whom we trust the most, people who we see day in and day out, because it is with people like that 
that we can have honest conversations about our faith. And it's with people like that who will actually see transformation happening in our lives. The second way that the scripture uh, uh, can help us uh, begin our own journey of evangelism, our journey of sharing our own faith with others, is by inviting people to participate in the life of faith. Now, in verse 29, the, the second verse that I read, we're told that this woman says to people uh, in her own town, she says, come and see. Now, one of the easiest ways to, sh- uh, to share your faith with others is by inviting them to come and see for themselves why Jesus is so important for you. It, it can be easy uh, to tell someone, hey, look, my small group meets, means the world to me, and it's, it's creating so much difference in me, and I want you to come in and just, just come and see for yourself why my small group is so awesome. Come and see for yourself why my, my church's worship is so awesome. Come and see for yourself how and why Jesus is making this difference in my life. And you can say this about anything, right? Like anything in the church that is so important to you, anything in your spiritual journey that is so important to you, Look at your neighbors, your friends, people that you're close to, people that you trust and say, hey, come and see for yourself. Okay, so let's look at the third thing, the third practice that this woman at the well teaches us. And this is the one I like the best. One of the biggest excuses I hear all the time about why people are afraid to practice evangelism is that they don't know enough theology or enough about faith in order to talk to others about it. And for many, the biggest fear is that you'll be talking about your faith to others, and then they're going to ask you a question, and you're not going to know the answer, right? And then what happens? Like you're gonna, you're gonna, you're worried about looking dumb in front of somebody because you tried sharing your faith, they asked a question, and you didn't know how to answer. Well, let me ease your worries if that's you. At the end of verse 29, the woman says this. She says, "Come and see a man who has told me everything I've done." And then she says, "This could this man be Christ?" Now, I want you to notice two things about this first. First, she shares her own personal story. And then, and this is my own uh, translation of it, then she says, I don't know if this is a guy we've all been waiting for, but come with me and we can find out together. See, I think this method is so helpful and so much less intimidating. First, all it takes is sharing your own story and your own experience, right? This is what Jesus has done in my life. Right? And the reality is that your story is your story and no one can take that away from you or contradict you or tell you that your story is wrong because it's your story. So share your story. Don't try to convince people on stuff that you don't know or why your small group is better than other people. Just share like why those experiences are so important to you and the difference that it has made in your life. That's the story to share. And then if anybody asks you anything that you don't know the answer to, simply answer the way this woman answers. I don't know, but come and see. Just come and check it out for yourself. Look, I know that evangelism is scary, especially if we have experienced horror stories of our own or seen it happen to others. But here's the deal. When we invite Jesus into our lives, I believe that there is true, deep, meaningful transformation that happens. When we truly invite Jesus into our lives, we see ourselves become more loving and patient and kind and gentle and even more filled with joy, peace, self-control than, than, than we ever thought was possible. And if it's true that Jesus can bring about this type of transformation in our lives, then why would we want to keep such, um, such an amazing thing to ourselves? Friends, we have to practice evangelism. We have to go out into the world and share our faith with others so that the whole world can come to know the good news that you and I have come to know. So find something that works for you. 
you know, the methods, the methods we talked about today, they may not work for you, but, but maybe just give it a try. Go talk to people that you know and you care about and share your own story and then just say, I, I don't know, but come and see. See, and I promise you that if we make this a priority in our lives, if we become more willing to practice evangelism, to share our faith with others, I am convinced that the kingdom of God will become even more established here on earth as it is in heaven. And ultimately, that should be all of our desires. May it be so. Amen. I hope you found this sermon to be meaningful and relevant to your life. If you'd like to dive deeper, I invite you to visit midcity.church slash sermoncast and click on the current sermon series. There you can find a home sheet for this sermon that includes the scriptures that we talked about, questions to wrestle with, and a challenge to live out this week. While you're on the website, if you'd like to make a financial contribution to our ministry here at Mid-City Church, you can click the Give button in the top right corner. If you're new to the sermon cast, I invite you to text the word HERE, H-E-R-E, to the phone number 225-307-0662 and fill out a Connect card so that we can get to know you. I'm so glad you joined us today, and I look forward to seeing you next week.